Hi, I'm Liza, and I've been reading tarot professionally for well over a decade. And this is Tarot for the Modern Reader, the podcast that will teach you simple, actionable techniques to read the cards with more clarity, accuracy, and ease, so you can get real answers to real questions for real people, including yourself, in today's modern world. Whether your readings are for guidance or prediction, I'll help you 86 the doubt and confusion and take your skills and confidence to the next level so you can become the best tarot reader you know. This is Tarot for the Modern Reader. Hello and welcome to episode four of the Tarot for the Modern Reader podcast. So this episode is called Why the Celtic Cross is Not for Beginners and What to Use Instead. Okay, so you got a pack of tarot cards, either from your local shop, Amazon, a gift from a lovely friend, somewhere, and you've been studying up in the books, right? You've gotten some great tarot websites maybe as well that you're referring back to. You don't have all of the meanings memorized or anything, but you know how to read. Maybe you've created that keyword chart. You're looking things up as you go and you're able to piece it together. This is totally normal. This is where every new tarot student, self-included, has started. So you ask a question, you pull a card, and you might know by looking at it whether or not it's an answer you want. But you look up the card in one of your books or websites anyway, just to get an exact meaning, right? An exact answer to your question. And after a very short amount of time, usually, we decide that we want more info. We got this. We decide we're going to do a spread. So what do we do? We turn to the back of almost any tarot book and see the directions and the card positions for... Ta-da! The Celtic Cross. Okay, so here we go. Ten cards. Huh. Like a second ago, we were doing one-card readings. Maybe three. But those three-card readings didn't have the info we were looking for, right? It didn't have the structure. There's the past, present, future, and so many other versions of the three-card spread. But we want something of substance. We want something that gives us more information information on the topic we're asking about. This seems like that's all that's really out there, though. A one-card draw, a three-card past, present, future, and bam, the Celtic cross. That's it. Now, yes, I know there are entire books out there dedicated to spreads. I happen to own one myself. Many tarot books and sites, and honestly, now Instagram and Pinterest also contain an explosion of spreads for specific things like find my soulmate or how to bring back a past lover or what does this spring equinox have in store for me, right? So there's like a a specific spread for a specific event, like people create spreads for a specific reason. Here's your full moon in Virgo spread. Here's your new moon in Pisces spread. But we're talking about a spread that is universal, like one designed to be used with any question more or less. So with that, 
we're basically talking one card, three card, 10 card. Like all of a sudden we're at 10. How do we go from looking up the meanings or even knowing the card meanings on a one or a three card draw to being able to do a Celtic cross for real? Like it's more than just looking up the cards. It's positions. It's how the cards relate to each other, not to mention the themes that are showing up in the cards. Like it's more than just like this card says this about the past and this card says this about my hopes and feelings and this card says this in regard to what's crowning me. What does that even mean? So when we do a Celtic cross, there's a lot of information that we have to assimilate there. It's hard to tell the story in the cards when there are so many cards. It takes a bit of practice and a working relationship with the cards to really get good at that. Now, this is speaking from some personal experience here. Let me tell you, I was down in the trenches on this one, and it was not pretty. Like, I can tell you some horror stories. When I first started reading, I got that advice about reading for a large number of people in rapid succession, like at a big event for free. And I did with a friend who was also starting to study tarot. We worked a charity fundraiser Halloween ball for a nonprofit organization that helped animals. What a hit we were. The line to the table all night. Well, no wonder. Here sat two idiots doing 10 card Celtic crosses and not even well, I might add, at an event that dictated like one or three card max. What a nightmare. But damn, did I learn a thing or two. Okay, so let's take a look at first why the Celtic cross is not for beginners. First of all, it's 10 cards, like enough said right there. Seriously, the reason why 10 cards is a factor is because of how how a good reading will unfold. Yes, we can look up all 10 cards. And yes, I know we do. I have, you have, we all have. However, a good reading is not composed of this happened in the past, this happens next, this is what you're thinking about, et cetera, et cetera. In a good reading, we take all of the information we receive from all of the cards and we blend all of that information, all of that meaning into one beautiful interwoven story. The cards then help us flesh out the details. However, it is incredibly hard to find all of that common meaning from 10 cards when we are relatively new. We spend so much time looking up each card's meaning, figuring out what it means in the position that it's in and relate it to the cards around it that we aren't able to see the bigger picture, the forest through the trees. We need to be able to see the big picture, the overarching themes, as well as all the details. That is a monumental task with a 10-card spread, and you end up with just a wide range of info, and in the end, you just focus on card number 10 anyway, the outcome. Boom, we're straight to that. So I'm going to share with you a spread that has half the number of cards. So yes, it is still a step up from the one and the three-card draws, which is what we're looking for you know that you need more information than that. Like you're just not satisfied with that. That's okay. Fine. 
But if you are new, you'll still need to put your thinking cap on because it's still five cards and you're going to have to kind of find the story in there. But it will definitely cut down on the amount of cards you are trying to synthesize. And it'll challenge you a bit at the same time as well to find the story, you know, to find the common themes. But we're cutting it way back. That's for sure. So let's talk about the positions in the Celtic Cross. This is another reason I feel this spread is just not that great when you're just starting out. Too many positions, too many unnecessary questions when you just want to ask a question and yes, get some decent info, but honestly, talk about overwhelm. Like we just have a question we want an answer to and we don't need to know some of this stuff, the deep past, like other people's thoughts and feelings. Like sometimes, yes, but not always. Like a lot of this is just too much for the kinds of questions we're asking in the beginning. There are definitely scenarios where this spread is warranted, but not all of them. Can we just talk about card number five for a minute? The one that's depicted in most spreads, the card above the small cross of cards, you know, number one and two. What crowns you? I know I am not the only tarot reader when I started who looked at that and said, what the F is what, quote unquote, crowns me? What does that even mean? What crowns me? Ponder, ponder, ponder. Like I literally did not even understand what that position even meant, let alone how to interpret the card in it. I've seen it as what you're thinking about. What is the highest outcome possible? what you're trying to achieve, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, which I didn't get because in many of the Celtic cross spreads, card nine is the hopes and wishes. So that seemed kind of the same to me. It just led to confusion. You know how that goes. If you don't have a clear understanding of the position, how the heck can you even understand the card that occupies it? Like you don't even have a strong foundation to begin with. Then there was the card at the very bottom, opposite card five, under the small cross of one and two the past. But so is the card to the left of all of that. What? Like then from what I read, it was like the bottom card was the deep past and the far left card was the recent past. Then it was that the bottom card was more like past events that made up the foundations of who you are or why you feel the way you do about the situation. Again, I just felt like this was all too much info for every question I ever had. Yes, I wanted more than three cards, but no, I did not need all this. So, Off to the right-hand side, moving up the tower, cards 7 through 10. Again, how I feel in the situation, how others see me. But wait, I have to read different interpretations for those cards as well. Some people use hopes and wishes for card number 9. Others use advice. Some people even have used 11 cards in their Celtic cross. So this is just another issue for a beginner. The spread actually has several variations in it that can really add up and definitely add to your confusion. But if you're able to get past all of the variations, understand all of the positions, you're still left with synthesizing the meanings in the positions for 10 plus cards. This is likely going to lead to a very cookie cutter interpretation book in hand. 
So I get it. You don't want just a basic past, present, future spread, right? Heck, most of the time, the only card there you really even care about is the future. That's why you're looking up stuff in the books. That's why you're doing this reading, right? You want to know what's coming. You want to know what's going to happen. A lot of times for me, the past and the present would really just solidify the reading. Like if the past and the present cards were correct, then I knew that the future card was likely, you know, correct as well, that it it wasn't just a bad shuffle, right? (laughs) So I wanted something more. I wanted something that gave me more information than that. So the type of information that the Celtic cross spread provided was good, but it was just too much. So what do you do? Well, here's where the mini Celtic cross comes in. And that's what you're going to hear it referred to by me, or sometimes the modified Celtic cross. I call it both, just depending on what comes out of my mouth. So I first developed this for that charity Halloween ball card reading event that I was telling you about. Although at this point, I don't even do that for that event anymore. It's too big for that. Um, This is probably my longest running engagement, my longest running event. Now they pay us for it, but... That's something that I've been doing for so long that each year I've successfully um, gotten it down. Like we went from that five card spread to a three card and, you know, it's gotten smaller and smaller as, you know, (laughs) I've gotten smarter and smarter. (laughs) So it started as a free practice, uh, though, when I was brand new to reading cards. And that's fine because that's how you learn. But this event has challenged us every year to assess what's working and reinvent what's not. And every year we still change things. But that's how this spread came into being. So the spread I'm about to show you, I've modified it again for that event because even at that, five cards was, you know, just too much. But it is perfect for everyday readings, reading for a friend, reading for a client, reading for yourself. It is absolutely wonderful. And I will tell you, this is the spread that I use day in and day out for almost every single one of my readings. I have lots of spreads for like specific things. Like I was talking about like, oh, it's a full moon in Virgo. Let me do a spread that's specific to that. But anytime someone comes to me with a question about anything, like it's just a, you know, a general overall turnover the cards, you know, for any scenario type of reading, this is like that go-to spread for me. And that's something I want to talk to you about for a moment as well. Many people free read, meaning they just start turning over cards and they read what they mean. And this is great when your intuition muscles are well flexed, or if you have a topic, you know, that you know you're reading about. I definitely like that idea personally. But when you're just starting out, and especially if you're reading for anyone else, having clearly defined positions will be very, very helpful for you. If you're someone who wants to read the Celtic Cross because you want those positions, but it's just too much, then this spread is going to be for you. It not only uses positions, but they also are clearly understandable positions. They are the ones that I think are the most important. Now, on that note, you've also heard me say to do what works best for you. So once again, you can take this spread and you can say, you know what? I don't like this position that she put in here. I'm going to take this one out and I'm going to go back to the Celtic cross and I'm going to put that one in in its place. That's totally fine. You make your spread whatever works for you. This is what I found worked for me. This is what I thought to be the most useful for practical readings. So for everyday questions, I try to create positions that would address the most important points. Now for more spiritual or thought-provoking questions, self-exploration, pathworking, all of those other things that tarot is amazing for, no, this is really not the spread for that. 
I also left out positions for the past. With only five cards, I want to help you get the information that I think is going to be most useful, most relevant to the outcome. Not to say that looking to the past doesn't give us amazing insight as to the current and the future ways of thinking and being, but we need to draw the line somewhere. Like we're trying to reduce cards here. So the other positions that I chose, I think are just more appropriate and a practical reading for everyday questions. Okay, so here we go. This is what the spread looks like. As you know, there are five cards with positions. Card number one, now, actually, let me say this first. It's five cards that can be laid out in a line, just left to right, or you can lay them out any way you want. Sometimes I'll take card number one and two and make a cross out of them because that's like the small cross from the Celtic cross. But other than that, you can either lay them out straight or make a cross and then lay the other three cards out straight. It doesn't matter. You can lay these out however you want. Nine times out of 10, when I do this spread, I just have all five of them laid out straight. So card number one is your current situation. Card number two, the obstacle. Card number three, things in your environment that you may or may not be aware of. Card number four, advice. Card number five, outcome. I will go through these. Most of these should look familiar to you. From the first six cards in the Celtic cross, I only kept cards one and two. The small cross. They are represented here as cards one and two as well. Cards three, four, and five loosely come from the tower in the Celtic cross, and they're described as well. So it's mainly a here's what's up, here's what you can do about it, and how's it going to work out? And I mean, honestly, really, what more do you need, right? (laughs) So card number one and two, the situation and the obstacle. These two cards should confirm the reading for you or your sitter. These cards should give a fairly accurate depiction of what is going on. This could even be summed up in one card, as when you approach the tarot with an issue, the first card, card number one, will show the situation. The more cards you add, such as card number two, the more details of the issue you get, specifically the biggest obstacle surrounding the issue. So even though we call this a small cross, it's not necessarily something that is opposed to the issue. You don't always see polar opposites here. Sometimes card one and two can be read together. Like they're the current situation and the problem that you're facing in that situation. You know, card number two is the biggest obstacle that you have in regard to card number one. You know, they basically work together. You should be able to look at card number one and two and be like, yep, that's what's going on. So for me, card one and two are the confirmation. Card number three, This one is probably the one that is the most loosely defined, but over time, it's gotten a little sharper for me. So card number three is called things in your environment that you may or may not be aware of. Hereafter, simply referred to as environment. So this card is not directly from the the Celtic cross spread, but loosely relates to card number eight, which is what others think of you or what is outside of you. It's sometimes written as. And at first glance, after all of the trimming of the fat, why keep this card, right? I have actually found this card to be quite interesting. Many times when we do a reading, there is more to the situation than what is depicted in the small cross. 
something else is going on outside of the current scope of the issue you are addressing, but it definitely has an effect on it. The reason I call it things you may or may not know about is because it truly is just that. Once this particular or piece of information is highlighted here by this card, you may recognize it and then understand or realize the part that it's playing in your situation. However, honestly, it is just as common that this is information that you were not even aware of or completely failed to recognize was happening. Sometimes it's an opportunity. Sometimes it's a choice. Sometimes it's a different option or a path you haven't considered. But what's represented in this card is oftentimes something that was beyond what you were considering. It's beyond what you believed was important to the reading. This card is kind of like your extra information, your backup, your, you know, things that you hadn't considered, almost like a secret, but it doesn't necessarily mean it was a secret, but you get what I'm saying. Card number four is your advice card. Now, this is taken directly from the Celtic Cross position number nine, at least for those who use it that way, as opposed to the hopes and wishes. I primarily believe that the tarot is a great tool for self-enlightenment, for empowerment, and for guidance. I firmly believe in receiving advice from the universe to help me reach my desired outcome rather than just using the tarot for prediction, which I think it does that amazingly well as well. But my theory on the advice card is this. I believe that the advice card should always be followed regardless of the outcome card. And I'll explain that in just a second. Card number five is the outcome card. This shows us the most likely outcome based on the path we are currently traveling, the decisions we're currently making, and the mindset that we currently have. Yes, the universe knows all of this. So if it's a favorable card, well, congratulations, you're already destined and headed for the outcome you desire, right? The advice card will just help you achieve that. But if the outcome card is not desired, the advice card is what you are being advised to do to make changes to where things are currently headed. So if you follow the advice card, you can read again after some time has passed to see if the outcome has changed and what the new advice is then. And even if it is not still favorable, the advice may change to a new step to be taken also. And on that note, I should add that just because the outcome card is not favorable to you in the moment doesn't mean that it's not the right outcome for your highest good. No matter what the outcome card says, I truly believe that the advice card reflects what you should do. The the advice that you should follow, the course of action or non-action, like rest, right? If it was the four of swords, Uh, I believe that that card reflects the action or non-action we should take regardless of the outcome. Okay. So there you have it. The five card modified or mini Celtic cross. This is absolutely my favorite spread for everyday use. I still use the Celtic cross for larger issues, or if I'm looking for more background info or more depth, but like very rarely, 
This is really my go-to spread. If you've ever had a reading from me, you will recognize this spread. This is the one that I use hands down 99% of the time. It addresses all of the most important things I need to know without all of the fluff. You can always go further and get history and all of that stuff if you need to, but this really helps you cut to the chase. What's the current situation? What do I need to know about? What should I do? And how's it going to work out? That's really what most of the people I read for want to know, including myself. So I created this a long time ago for my own readings. I can tell you it has stood the test of time. It is by no means fancy and probably some similar version is being used by others elsewhere. Who knows? Like, This is not ingenious. You'll probably find some version of this in lots of places, but I can tell you that it does exactly what I need and what I hoped it would do, and I hope that it will do the same for you. I think it's a smart idea to play with what you think works for you and, you know, keep changing it so that it does work for you until you find something that works. You know, like this, this might just be a jumping off point for you. When I created this, I didn't come right out of the bat, you know, come right out swinging like, oh, here we go. These are the five positions. You know, it's like more like finding what I thought was useful and what wasn't until I got to a point where I'm like, yeah, this works. I feel like this is the best thing that can serve me right now. And and as of today, I haven't changed it yet. So if it works for you, then take it and use it as your own. And I hope that it is, it is as successful for you as it has been for me. Okay, that is my take on the Celtic Cross. That is my take on why the Celtic Cross is not for beginners. I hope that you give my five-card spread a try. And if you do, come over to the Facebook group and tell me about it. We have a Facebook group called Tarot for the Modern Reader on Facebook as well, obviously. Um, That is going to go along with the podcast. So as we talk about episodes each week, those topics will be up in the Facebook group for discussion. So if you want to try Try out that spread and post it in the group. Um, You know, we can comment and share and talk about it and continue the conversation in there as well. And I hope that if you haven't already, that you please subscribe to the podcast. That will really help us get it out into the world. And in the first couple weeks, we plan to uh, drop a couple of episodes at a time, uh, a couple days of the week, each week, as we kind of take all of our most popular blog content and turn it into podcast form. So that'll also help you never miss an episode either. So that is it for today. And I will talk to you next time.